Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Driven Chat Podcast, powered by Paramex Digital. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by our friends at Forza Cliente. Now, Forza Cliente provides a bespoke service to meet your exact requirements for buying or selling the finest supercars and hypercars. And I cannot emphasize that enough. They really are the finest. Uh, We all know how painful it can be selling cars. I hate it, personally. It's my least favorite activity in the world. I'd rather eat glass than sell cars. Uh, Equally, I also know how painful it can be to buy cars because, of course, if somebody privately selling it, do they ever reply to your messages? No. If it's in a showroom, will the showroom ever reply to your messages? No. Will phone calls back ever happen? No. Forza Cliente basically have set up their own business with one simple objective, and it's to deliver the best dealer experience for buyers and sellers. Simple as that. The website is forzacliente.com. Don't worry about that spelling. If you're not sure, scroll down to the show notes. There's a link there in the show notes that will take you directly through to the website where you'll be able to see the cars. And perhaps you've got that car, that supercar, that hypercar that you're either looking to sell or looking to trade. Forza Cliente are the people to go and talk to. They are sponsoring us, certainly for the next few weeks, very kindly. Love the fact that we've got them on board. Love the fact that we've got an automotive company on board. And um, yeah, also we'll link in with them on our social feed. So if you go onto our Instagram page, you will see they're sponsored by Forza Cliente in the bio. So you'll be able to click there, go straight through to their profile and just drool away at beautiful cars. Hello all, my name is Raul Popescu-Gimish and I lead the team at Vase Software. The Driven Chat Podcast. Powered by Paramex Digital. Hello. 
Welcome to the Driven Chat Podcast. My name is Miles Lacey. Hello, and my name's John Markar. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we this like awesome, awkward pauses. A pregnant pause, they call that in the industry. <laughs> uh, so this week, uh, dear listener, we have, well, in fact, g- continuing on from a bit of a, a, bit of a theme here, because mm. last week we had uh, Ben from String Theory. Yes, we did. Talking about all things suspension and whatnot. And this week, we have a very interesting company called Race Software. And we're talking to Raul. Hello, Raul. Hello, hello, Miles. Hello, John. How are you guys today? Very good, thanks. Very good. I've, um, you may have noticed, dear listener, that I've kind of taken a back seat already on this one. I've said to Miles, I'll let you do the intro, I'll let you lead this, because ultimately Raoul is your guest. Although we discovered before we started recording, Raoul, that we've, we've known each other actually for years. Yes, we've you... been hitting the tracks together yeah. without uh, knowing uh, each other, Which I is... would say, in the past seven years. And, Absolutely. And yeah. I remember uh, seeing you at the start line of Coventry Motorfest and yes. uh, running the whole uh, ring road. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, you're overselling it slightly, but I, yes, I was there on the, on the start start line helping the guys helping the guys uh, run the event which coincidentally as it happens as we're recording this today uh, the Coventry Motorfest is taking place so yeah isn't that bizarre isn't it bizarre gone full circle it's, uh, yeah up. it's karma it is it is yeah. but here we are we're all, we're all sat in a room yeah. one way or another we've all managed to uh, you know come back uh, come back together um you are indeed listening to the to the driven chat podcast as we've said um we have quite a range of guests as Raul uh, pointed out before recording uh, but we do like to generally keep it around the automotive theme don't we John? We do, we do indeed. Um, but with that said we've definitely taken a little step further in towards sort of behind the scenes kind of things whether it be engineering or car development rather than you know as as boring dumb racing drivers and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so we thought we'd talk to someone clever. And that's Raoul. <laughs> oh, that's 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 uh, a novel statement, uh, Miles. Um, uh, so, so, uh, so you and I have known each other for uh, a couple of years now. We've been working for together for a couple of years. Um, for the listener, we'd like to give a very quick context as to what race software is and what you do. So, just give us a quick, uh, quick brief summary. Yes, uh, of course. Um, so, um, race software, race comes from actually rapid axle concept evolution. It's a cloud-based simulation software where you can simulate your full suspension within 60 seconds. So you can run uh, vertical, roll, steering, lateral, traction, braking, tire lining torque, all the tests that you'd see in uh, real life with us in the cloud in a secured manner in roughly 60 seconds. Wow. that uh, it's, it's, very, it's very powerful stuff. And what I would say is... The way you describe it, like you say, being able to do all of that in the space of 60 seconds, you and I well know that before your software existed, in order to, in order to get that capability and output would normally take a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of expensive equipment. I mean, coming from a similar background uh, to yourself, Miles, and uh, being uh, behind uh, a few vehicles that I engineered uh, in my life from Formula One cars to uh, other luxury vehicles such as the F-Type, one of my babies. Yeah. Um, yes, it takes quite quite a long time and uh, involves quite a few people and also quite uh, high licensing costs as well. Uh, while with our capability, everything is extremely user-friendly, you can even run a full simulation from your mobile phone. Wow. See, I said at the beginning of this 
episode that I was going to take a bit of a back seat on this one, mainly because I lied and said this is <laughs> because it's Miles's guest. It's actually because I already feel so far out of my depth <laughs> with this, and I feel that's going to be a running theme in this conversation. So for simpletons like me, Raoul, the software that you build, it is essentially giving engineers, test drivers, development companies, racing teams, the ability to analyse how a car might be able to handle and be tweaked in a simulation versus real life, which could then be translated through to real life without having to spend, say, £15,000 a day with some amazing technical machine with a car mounted on it at Millbrook. Have I roughly got it right? Up. I think you you need to get in our team. You have you have selling it extremely well. Yes, uh-huh. that's uh, exactly the, uh, the case. Um, our capability can be applicable to a vehicle manufacturer in order to develop their suspension system, or it can be applicable to a racing team where they want to have different setups and understand better what setup to apply before the, a race, giving them full engineering understanding of all the key performance indicators of the suspension system. So yes, ultimately wow. helping yeah, them. You've you hit the nail on the head, absolutely right. And and where it's really interesting is, you know, from certainly from a cost point of view and a time point of view, in order to fully understand, because can't, you know, can't, Road cars, race cars are getting ever more complex. They're not really getting any more simple. Um, there are so many iterations and versions of what you could potentially set your car up to be. And you could be chasing your tail. You could be doing that for a very long time, which is costly. You're going to go on test stage. You're going to do uh, road car tests at proving grounds, which cost tens of thousands of pounds. You know, the list goes on. So for, as you said, John, but for as someone who wants to go in and fully understand what their car can do, what it's capable of and what they can change, they can literally do that from their mobile phone is what we're saying. <laughs> yes, and actually uh, anyone can afford it because it starts from like only £50 a month wow. and you can do unlimited simulations. And uh, actually, if we look at the automotive industry right now, it's shifting a lot to EVs. Yes. And why mentioning that? Because you change the masses in the vehicle yeah, in a different course. way, which means that you need to... Uh, engineer in a slightly different way new suspension systems in order to cattle for all these masses it's called like sprung and unsprung mass basically the sprung mass it's the mass that it's not moving and unsprung mass it's the moving mass so basically when the suspension is moving that's what the unsprung mass is so uh, yeah we have uh, here to help anyone from uh, individuals passionate hobbyists up to OEMs racing teams and we've been doing this to great success so far absolutely and you know like as you said in terms of the um this is in no way this is in no way a plug but in terms of the entry point in terms of cost where it sits i find it to be remarkably cost effective i don't want to say cheap um because the equivalent in any other software modeling software things like that maybe things like adams all that kind of thing uh, is extremely expensive. You know, you're talking tens of thousands of pounds per year to, to, to have that kind of capability. Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, the company that, that you mentioned, I have uh, great respect for, the, for them. I'm yes. one of their products uh, as well. And uh, actually, back in the day, I um, uh, created a motorcycle virtual model in uh, the um, software that uh, you just mentioned. And um, 
yeah, they awarded me at the 50th of uh, existence for the model that I created uh, wow. along some really nice and interesting companies. Absolutely and, uh, right. No, I mean, the, the, you know, you have so many accolades to your name, uh, Raul, which is, which is, you know, a testament to you. Um, but, you know, to continue that point, you, uh, you made you, you made a really interesting point about anywhere from hobbyists to to OEMs. And that I think that's great because it just because you I say just because if you are a track day goer or something like that, you just maybe maybe you like doing track days. Maybe uh, maybe you only want to do track days or maybe you're just interested to know how you could tweak your car even as a road car or something like that. You can do that here. And uh, even if you have limited knowledge, um, you guys go a step further to actually, you know, coach and and train people as well right yeah so um, um if you have limited knowledge actually we have uh, a free uh, knowledge base where you can learn about all the key performance indicators of your suspension so you want to learn about anti-dive you can come on our platform in a very concise manner and with examples from the industry we explain you what anti-dive is or camber compliance and the list can continue because it's maybe 50 KPIs. Yes. So I don't go through all of them right uh, by now. It, it's great. It, it's 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 powerful. It's clear. It's concise. Um, and I just think it creates a lot of value. Um, so this is the crossover, isn't it, between... Because I guess a lot of people would see you know, simulators, which I guess is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Racing simulators as a kind of... And I know I need to be careful with this because there'll be people that will immediately start shouting at their speakers, but computer game world of driving versus real life world of driving. But this is where the two physically cross over, isn't it? Where you can test a car in a simulator, which could then you could take that data from the sim, put that directly into an actual physical product, yep. nuts and bolts and spanners and adjustments to get the same results in theory to what you've just experienced in the sim. I think that's the the second uh, phase, I would say, in um, in our company and our product. At the COVID seats, the simulation software where you simulate the suspension system and furthermore, given our knowledge on working on uh, high-end OEM simulators, we are bringing that knowledge uh, for a larger audience in which we build digital twins uh -huh. on the simulator and you can actually experience in the virtual space the same vehicle as in real life and uh, wow. actually that's uh, somehow how i met with uh, miles uh, through one of our uh, development drivers uh, tommy foster which has been a great teammate to yeah to miles exactly yeah that, that so yeah for for a spot of context uh for the listener yeah that's that's where we, that's where we first met in the in the praga paddock um there was, uh, I so I was not. I'll be the first to admit I was not a fan of simulators at all. Mm. And to be honest, Tommy isn't neither. Either, I mean, neither Tommy or I. So if in fact we were in theory the worst people to actually uh, approach and and which work is with. the best for us because because it, we were we were a good working example as it turned out in the end. Um, one because my experience of simulators had been that they weren't very accurate. Certainly the car models. Um, you know my my experience as a test driver and and development driver is 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 so much of it is subjective i, I said that to you from the start you know um is is what i feel through the car so for me to to move into a simulator i found that a really difficult transition yeah. um but then you said okay well try this basically we've been doing some work on the praga r1 which i was racing at the time 
Um, and then you mentioned this thing to me called a digital twin, and I said, what on earth is that? <laughs> um, so essentially, uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, the digital twin is, as the name suggests, the digital version of the real car, and it is extremely accurate model that has had a lot of data and real-life correlation put into the model. Uh, that's, that's true. Obviously, it won't be uh, as a high-end uh... OEM simulator that it's in the million of pounds and uses uh, loads of complementary software to uh, drive the model and have driving in the loop. However, um, just from a few thousand pounds, you can get quite a good good model. And uh, speaking about Pragar One and uh, taking into account Tommy, if we remember at Silverstone on a two-minute slap, yeah. the difference between the real life and the virtual life on the model was of 0.08 seconds. Wow. So uh, at least, you know, the numbers prove the accuracy. And if I remember correctly, uh, and I'll be a bit cheeky, I think at Alton Park when uh, we um, basically spent some time with Miles developing him on the simulator before the race, I think Miles got like the... First fastest time and Tommy the first fastest time and yeah. uh, people oh, wow. went to complain that uh, Miles it's uh, it's uh, lying he's not an, uh, an uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes I, so um, yeah that's uh, you know some quantifiable yeah. uh, you're, you're absolutely results. right uh, that that blew me away because we were my first introduction was it yeah was to drive the car at Silverstone and we were actually at Silverstone at the time so we literally had the sim in the back of the garage. Yeah. Um, and then I jumped out of the sim and got into the real car. So, you know, it couldn't be any closer. And yeah, it was, it was, it was extremely, extremely close in terms of the lap times. And what equally I was able to transfer across to getting into the real car was amazing. Um, and Tom and Tommy as well, you know, because Tommy was sort of coaching me at the time. Uh, Tommy was my teammate in 22 and he's an extremely quick driver, isn't he? And he was the same as me. He was so averse to sims. And then he actually started working so closely with you guys uh, and, and started to see the value in it. And, you know, between the both of us, we the, the, the Praga model then became basically our our secret weapon, didn't it? Yes, that's uh, that's correct. And uh, just to point out to the audience, our uh, software capability only caters for the suspension system, and that's uh -huh. what our software does. While when you build a digital twin, you take into account the error mapping, the tire degradation, the engine, the gearbox mapping, the gearing, and many other factors in order to engineer the vehicle. So it's a bit more complex than, uh, you know... Just the suspension. Yes, yeah, yes. Absolutely. And I'd be interested to explore then, because you say, Miles, that you're, you struggle to get on with sims at the beginning. And I hear this often. I think it's either, from my experience talking to a lot of racing drivers, it's either something that people get straight away. They can transfer those skills from physical car to sim or vice versa, sim to physical car. And like for me, as somebody that only really messes around with simulators and racing rigs and stuff, I've it took me a long, long time to grasp things like speed yeah. in a simulator. I was going into corners way too fast because <laughs> I could just couldn't grasp the speed, the concept of speed. I can see the physical number on the screen, say mile per hour, but I was still turning in way too fast. Whereas in real life, if I was driving that same circuit, the sensory experience of driving would be enough for me to realise, OK, I'm coming in maybe a bit too hot here. I'll go on the brakes a little bit earlier next lap. What were your struggles and what was the turning point for you that then enabled you to think, oh, actually, I can now put the two together as 
more comparable at times? A few things, really, because um, I, I, I a, a lot of a lot of how I drive, and some people are different. I drive entirely through feel. Yeah. So I do struggle at times to look at uh, data, and and I, I suppose see, I suppose try and correlate how that how that works in the real world. So I drive a lot on feel, and when you're sat stationary in a room, obviously those those kind of uh, sensory elements are missing, of yeah. course. Yeah. So what the model uh, and of course you know steering wheels and pedals and all that kind of stuff have got better for simulators that's one thing but it was the fact that when the when i started to drive the car that was the digital twin those haptic feedbacks were genuinely sort of coming through so if you were starting to feel a understeer build you would start to feel that through the steering wheel and and all that kind of thing and it wasn't just a, a false feeling of oh you've gone in too fast so the car just sort of steers on mm. it was genuinely how I knew the car to react in real life. Yeah. So then I started to put more trust in the simulator because I thought, okay, well, this is genuinely how the car would react in, in, in real life. And then it didn't take long, really, once you settled in to how... Because I, I always say this to people, you always have to... It's two different things. You almost have to learn how to drive a simulator at first. Yes. Which is, a, which is an odd thing to say because it's not going anywhere. But I feel what that was able to do was make that void much much smaller between the two gotcha if that makes sense yeah yeah and uh, also um once we develop uh, a twin we also need to uh, develop a bit of simulator to optimize the brake the accelerator pedal stiffness the torque that you get through the through the steering wheel in order to match the same feeling as in the real car 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. and uh, and you know, you've worked with a bunch of, and I've, I, you know, I've been lucky to drive a lot of different road and race cars. Um, but having having that was, like I say, it was it ended up being our kind of, you know, secret weapon really. And the best, I, I think, the best accolade we can we can talk about was the Alton Park weekend. So we'd done a bunch of work at Silverstone, and we we did okay at Silverstone. Sadly, if uh, sadly my car had a thermal incident that weekend. Ah, yeah. Oh, um, that was a very good shot on the TV. Yeah, it was a good <laughs> it was a good shot on the telly for sure. Um, yeah, so unfortunate, but the pace was awesome, wasn't it? We were going really really well. Um, so okay, so we licked our wounds a little bit, and then went over to Alton Park. But even at Alton Park, you won and you lost the door and you spun. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so so the week leading up to the race um we we went over to uh to you guys and we worked with worked on the sim we put some laps in Tommy did some coaching and etc etc uh and essentially it was free track the way i look at it is free track time yeah you know and uh that particular year for example we were i was i was bringing some budget to the table um but to you know a test cost about six thousand pounds a day uh which i certainly don't have um, and you know, when you're trying to raise that kind of budget, you want to spend it on as much racing as possible, not testing as, as much as you do want to. Um, so it was free track time. We went and we, I felt like we got to such a, we got to such a point where I was like super confident about literally picking myself up out of the sim, popping myself into the race car and going, right, I think I know where we're going to be here. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, we were right on the money from day one, weren't we? Even yes. with the car set up. It, it it was like i said winning races you know we keep talking about motorsport here winning races is never an accident 
you know, it's not it's not a case of turning up and mm, okay, right, we drove quite fast on the day and we won. Yeah. It isn't that. It's so much work before in terms of you as a driver prep, physically and mentally. Um, obviously, the business of driving the car, which we did on the sim, and just being able to get in there and basically be on it from day one. Yeah, and uh, hopefully this improves a bit um, the safety of uh, motorsports of a wide uh, audience. And uh, what um, we also learned is the fact that um, you have new upcoming drivers. Yeah. And uh, they don't know where to spend their budget. They don't know which racing series to go of on. Of course, yeah. They can um, experience with us on a simulator different type of vehicles from different type of categories to understand where they fit the best and where to move forward with their uh, racing career. And um, last year, actually, we have been working with uh, a young driver which didn't have a lot of previous driving experience, only from the simulator. And uh, actually, he won the championship. Wow. It's amazing, isn't it? Isn't I mean, it? That's, that's the side of my brain that always takes a while to calibrate. And it's a bit like the Jan Mardenborough story, isn't it? Of yeah. Going from a Gran Turismo game to having the ability to actually pedal a car brilliantly. And, and in my head, it just it it's such a bizarre yet brilliant transition to be able to go from that skill set to another because it's two completely different worlds they isn't are it? In, yeah. in every sense of the word yeah reality to that side so yeah the the ability to try different oh i'm so sorry that was me uh the ability that was, to... John, that was john dropping his wallet on the floor yeah that was, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> that was a hard bang <laughs> <laughs> the the ability to yeah transition that skills and even test as you say different realms of motorsport you know do i want to be in a downforce car versus a more of a, a GT car. It, the, the parameters are just endless, aren't they? Whereas in 30, yeah, even if we go back 15, 20 years, to be able to sample that variance of different types of cars, different types of driving styles, different types of circuits, you'd have to be a multi-multi-millionaire to be able to competent, comfortably and competently go, oh yeah, I tried that, it wasn't really for me, so I've gone with this instead. Mm -hmm. It is, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastically brilliant new world we're in. Um, obviously, as mentioned, uh, it won't be at the same high OEM uh, level, F1 level. However, anything under it, I think, uh, and I hope we are empowering the world with uh, better tools and um, actually taking into account uh, our software. You can, um, for example, you have a race car and you have different suspension setups that you can apply. We can actually run different reports and different setups in our race software simulation software and uh, build slightly different digital twins for the drivers to experience the setups. And after, based on the driver's performance and the best lap times, we can apply back that setup on the car. And uh, um, we just a quick case scenario it's that was with uh, Tommy in uh, LMP3 in uh, in Barcelona where yeah. uh, I believe he uh, have won the the race by uh, miles he did <laughs> he did he did well done by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, exactly what well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I was going to go next um yeah so Tommy my teammate from last year fantastic uh young racing driver he's annoyingly young he's like he is, is very he, young is isn't he 20 yes yeah. anyway tommy if you're listening um we, we're very envious of your youth <laughs> um very quick 
a very quick racing driver, and he was racing the Ligier, I believe, the Ligier Allen P3 car. GSP320, I think it's Yes, uh, so a very uh, fantastic race car, but it has a bunch of different suspension configurations. Yes, based on the regulations, you have allowed a number of setups at the front and a number of setups at uh, the rear. And through our um, simulation software, we were able to understand the different setups and the performance of the suspension for different setups, uh, different tunes for the anti-dives, and the list can continue. Because when you change something on the vehicle, even if you focus on like three parameters, you actually change a bit more from a suspension point of view. Yeah. And uh, one of the things we have also doing, we have uh, helping the drivers, the teams, get them educated how to feed back to their engineers the information and understand the performance of their suspension from an engineering point of view yeah. as well. So they can speak the same language, but yeah. also this brings uh, a bit of... Uh, unity to the whole team working together for you know to achieve the end goal of winning a race absolutely right and and you know there are so many cases where um yeah we were talking about this before there's somebody like myself who's possibly a rare possibly a rare scenario because i have a, a, a an engineering background and then latterly moved into motorsport mm-hmm. that is really not the case for most people racing drivers have just been racing drivers since day one and some have a fantastic grasp of um, uh, vehicle dynamics and and chassis setup and how to feed back to engineers all that kind of stuff and a lot don't through no fault of their own some people are just really really quick in the car and great but don't know how to talk the language they might just get you know come back and say to the engineer well they, they say well how was it yeah well, it was all right or uh, well it understood a bit right okay but that doesn't really help us we need a bit more and um, I think that's where something like what you guys do in terms of the courses as well um it provides that bank of knowledge Uh, and from anyone who as you said it could be just a hobbyist who has maybe never ever ever looked at this stuff before to somebody who is actually very experienced and just wants to you know build their knowledge and just to give a very simple example from a driver's perspective um let's speak about the feel that you get through through the steering wheel that's measured as a bump steer so for example if you move your outboard tyvod joint by let's say just one centimeter yeah upwards or downward downwards you'll be changing the bump steer gradient by about 13 degrees per meter just to give you an indication probably a driver would be looking you know to have a certain bump steer around seven degrees per meter as an example so very tiny change on the suspension system can make your car having neutral steering to having positive or negative and change completely the feedback that you get through the steering wheel. And also analyzing the curve of the bump steer and its linearity, we can understand how the torque through the steering wheel comes to the driver and the more linear it is, that gives basically progressive steering for the driver. So this is hopefully a small example that explains, you know, how we help to educate the drivers, but also the wider audience in terms of the performance of a suspension system. Wow. Fascinating stuff. It really is fascinating stuff, yeah. And I'd be interested to know as well, are you now finding that, do you do work with suspension companies? So let's say like spring companies or shock companies 
thinking companies like IBAC or Olin's or Bill Stein, are they coming to you looking for input and assistance with data? Or We have uh, quite a wide range of clients, yeah. uh, some whom would like not to be mentioned and sure. get a bit of uh, a lead advantage. Uh, I can tell you we've been uh, uh, developing EV commercial vehicles in Germany. Uh-huh. As an example, uh, down to um, a former uh, chassis principal engineer from uh, Lotus and Caterham who has re-engineered the Jaguar E-Type from scratch using uh-huh. our software with a monocoque structure, double wishbone suspension systems, and uh, custom steering wheel and, and brakes. So our capability is uh, applicable across the, the whole range. So yes, uh, a spring manufacturer could benefit of our software to understand how the spring behaves at the vehicle level before it goes into production and it's applied on the vehicle. Wow. Mind-bending stuff. It is. It's it, really cool. Way above my head. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it can't how be. How do you think I feel? I'm, sat, I'm <laughs> basically sat here looking at shapes and numbers floating through the sky. I think I saw some smoke coming out of your ears. Yeah, there, I okay. think so. I think, uh, uh, let's dive to a quick advert break, just so I can um, decompress my brain. And then when we come back, we'll dive back into it. And I'll see if I can process any more of this information. Uh, so do bear with us, dear listener. We're going to pop to a quick break and then um, more in just a few seconds. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello there, John Markar here from the Driven Chat podcast. Confusingly, you're probably already listening to my voice as part of an existing podcast. But this, this is a little separate piece to the podcast that you're hearing because I wanted to mention something exciting that we're now doing at Driven. And that exciting thing is inviting sponsorship opportunities of both the Driven Chat podcast, but also the Driven YouTube channel and the Driven website. As you may or may not be aware, we are quite a big podcast now. We've had more than half a million downloads of our episodes so far and span listeners all over the world downloading episodes every week in their tens of thousands. Now, if this sounds like something that you might be interested in being involved in, i.e. from a sponsorship or a commercial point of view, then why not drop us an email? The email address to use is podcast at drivenchat.com or alternatively head on over to the website where you will see our contact page that's drivenchat.com forward slash contact where you'll be able to get in touch with us and provide a bit more information about your company your organization your brand whatever it is that you want to promote to the world we have an awful lot of very engaged listeners many of whom enjoy listening to our weekly episodes and will enjoy having an affiliated brand on board as a partner 
You never know. It may even result in a hugely successful boom in your business. Find out more by dropping me an email, podcast at drivenchat.com. There I'll be able to come back to you with some super ideas, be that monthly episodes, episode by episode sponsorship. Who knows? We can address all sorts of different packages and time spans and opportunities. The first step is getting in touch. The one thing I can say to you is I can guarantee almost that it's not going to be as expensive as you think. Find out more by emailing me podcast at drivenchat.com or visit the website drivenchat.com forward slash contact. Get in touch that way and I will personally come back to you very soon. Thanks. Now, let's go back to the existing episode. It's good, isn't it? The Driven Chat Podcast. Well, dear listener, we are back in the room and we had a legitimate break. We did. Um, hot made, drinks and all. Hot drinks hot drinks and all. Well, I'm very disappointed because I just went to make a cup of tea and there was no milk. Oh, no, I have got milk. Oh, you have got milk? Yeah. Right, stop the podcast. <laughs> I'm joking. You guys carry on. I'll grab the milk. And we're going to do this all in real time. This is very important stuff. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so, I mean, for, so the, the conversation so far has been really interesting and we've. I feel like we've we've done a decent job of breaking down what it is you do and how it's done. But... What I, what I am keen to dive into a little bit deeper is that when we go from the hobbyist end, if you will, when we start to lean more towards the OEM sort of direction, how does that look? Because it seems like you can, you can go a lot deeper into that from pretty much a concept phase all the way through to the finished product. Indeed. So uh, we, we help companies with our software capability where the technical specialists and engineers can use our uh, software to engineer their uh, suspension systems. Uh, however, we do help further certain companies if they do require the right expertise in order to develop their suspension system from the concept phase up to manufacturing and furthermore after the you know the vehicle has been manufactured for further optimization um, with uh, with our tool because we focus a lot on the user experience i would say it's quite easy to use you don't even need a, a user guide wow. and you can go straight away and uh, start uh, simulating um, i think we have uh, helping both the designers the the card designers that design the suspension and also the simulation guys that focus on the performance on the simulation so what i'm trying to to explain here the simulation department the vehicle dynamics the chassis department they can set up a set of targets that they want to achieve from a performance point of view give them to the designers and the designers can iterate their designs and by here i mean for example the the hard points the pickup points where the suspension is uh, straight away in the software just by pressing a button and importing from any cut package via a csv file you know a normal excel file yeah. all the hard points straight away and iterate in one two minutes a new a new iteration without having to go back to the simulation guys and ask them is my design feasible? Mm. Please simulate it for me. They can just focus on their own world, simulating designs after designs, while the simulation department can focus on engineering better the, the vehicle. And uh, because we have a cloud-based, and uh, obviously you would be using our servers, which have secured, and uh, the security of our clients' data, it's our main priority in, um, in our company. We reduce the computational power that uh, a company is required to, to have to run other software. This way, you know, uh, 
less energy use, uh, course, you reduce yeah. the, the carbon footprint as well. Uh, this way, uh, helping companies achieve their net zero emission as soon as possible, while also helping them get uh, products. And when I say products, I mean a suspension, a chassis system quicker to the to the market. And with all this EV change that I mentioned, yeah. you have different uh, yeah. masses on the vehicle. I think um, our tool uh, helps, uh, helps with that. And uh, I believe uh, at the manufacturer level, it's quite a big change because mm. we replace the internal combustion engine with an with electric batteries, so there is a lot to take on. And um, I think, you know, from a government point of view, it's a lot of push to, you know, to the EVs. Yeah. And uh, all these vehicle manufacturers, they need to adapt and change processes that they've been developing for tens of years, yeah, I would say. absolutely right. And, uh, you know, you think about the physical legwork required to do that kind of that kind of development as well. Absolutely. You know, in terms, it, it could be... You know, like you say, it could be you go, okay, engineer comes up with an idea. I want to try this part. I want to try this config or something like that. This iteration, the part has to be designed. The part has to be manufactured as a prototype, which is hugely expensive and it takes time. You then have to get your vehicle or or test platform and go off to physically do the test. And that could be wherever around the world. That costs a bunch of money and time. And then you could find after all of that, once you've done the test, that it was the wrong direction after all of that anyway. Yeah. You know, probably the best that, Miles. (laughs) Yeah. Because you've been involved in in this process from, uh, you know, from the concept phase up to manufacturing uh, yourself. And uh, 100%. 100%. So, you know, in terms of. Um, in terms of speed of outcome and all that kind of thing, it it couldn't really be. It couldn't really be any better. And I think. It would be, yeah, certainly from an from an OEM perspective as well, and uh, and and any race team, it's very easy to get into this loop of chasing your tail, mm. and it could be actually something that, uh, you know, it could be like six months of investigation work that they've been trying to figure out what this thing was through various iterations and trying things out, and they may actually get no closer where they could have actually maybe just done that behind a desk. The the good thing is that besides the the standard the software capabilities that anyone can go on our platform and in two minutes they're ready to go. Um, since we have the, the IP, we can simulate any mechanism. And for certain you know vehicle manufacturers, they have uh, some specific tests that they want to mm-hmm. to do. Uh, we've been working with a Formula One team as a as an example and. It's so much different than, uh, you know, the way that uh, a passenger vehicle it's uh, it's designed. So we have uh, created custom code in order to cater for the type of simulations that uh, um, they are doing. Just think, thinking out loud here, because I think automatically when we think of simulators, so racing simulators or even just simulators for the benefit of testing geometry in different setups... I think we automatically think of circuits, don't we? Like racetracks. Now, I'm thinking out loud here, and you can shoot me down and tell me I'm being absolutely ridiculous, but I recently spent a couple of days driving around Millbrook, the test facility there. Now, of course, Millbrook, for anyone that's unaware, is this massive piece of land. I think somebody told me it was the equivalent size of three airports combined, where they've built everything from motorway simulations in the form of high-speed bowls. They've got a hill route with undulations, ups and downs, and on-camber corners, off-camber corners. They've got a variance of road surfaces for things like cobbles or lumps and bumps and potholes. They've got city courses for 
um, different speed bumps and uh, environments that will test different tyres, as well as off-roading courses where they've built mountains, essentially, so that cars can be tested going off-road. Are we going to get to a point now where Millbrook will be simulated or, or areas similar to Millbrook? Myra and there's it's Idiama, it's another one, isn't it? Where lots yeah. of people have these, uh, or manufacturers, I should say, have these testing facilities where they can take vehicles to physically, take the cars to with testing tyres, testing suspension, testing chassis. Are we just going to get to a point where Millbrook is going to become a simulated world where the cars can be tested in that simulated world, thus removing the requirement to spend an absolute fortune on developing the cars, shipping the cars, spending on fuel. You know, you mentioned the carbon footprint. So you, can, you can think, I'd love to know if anyone has ever calculated the carbon spend in testing <laughs> a variance of different suspension <laughs> I don't components. I want to know. No, exactly. <laughs> Probably that's already happening. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, just to make uh, uh, a difference, the, our, our software simulates the, the chassis system yeah. and the digital twins were built on a simulator. So there are two separate things. Uh, however, there is a lot of um, virtual simulation that it's done by the, by the OEMs. Maybe our digital twins won't be necessarily at the level of an OEM where they use uh, multi-million pound simulators and models that cost maybe in the six digits uh, wow. region. Yep. Uh, however, uh, they can get maybe, you know, as an 80-20 approach in the initial phase, a very uh, good understanding of uh, how the vehicle behaves. However, I would say our digital twins would be more applicable to anything which is under the F1, which is massive. Wow. And also, um, you know, we speak about racing digital twins, but we've been developing classic cars yeah. as well. So, for example, someone that owns a, a very special classic car, he doesn't really want to take it out every day. However, he would like to experience, you know, the the beauty of his car in his own living room and maybe with his friends enjoying it across tracks around the world. So that's a, a totally different angle. It is. Yeah. It is. Not a point. That's not something I thought of at all, actually. See, whereas that's my angle. That's how I think of it. I think of it as what an amazing luxury it would be. You know, for me, the greatest thing about... Um, driving simulators is the having the ability to experience a car that in other circumstances i would never ever get an opportunity to do so i want to drive a mazda 787b around le mans for hours and hours and hours that's something i will never get to do but in a simulator i can and now the technology that's there it enables me to do so with a almost a as real as it's ever going to get isn't it because the geometry and everything else is so close now and uh, um I think another another beauty is that uh, you have a lot of classic car restoration companies all around the world, yeah, and uh, yeah. that's becoming super popular. And people restore their 1960s cars as they used to be back in the day. However, yeah. um, with uh, our um, software engineering uh, capability, they can re-engineer the whole chassis, improve the torsional stiffness, yeah, design yeah. a new suspension system, and. You could probably have uh, a Jaguar E-Type, as mentioned previously, re-engineered to drive like a, you know, a luxurious Italian uh, supercar that is manufactured nowadays. Wow. So, uh, you know, bringing that uh, technology, obviously it's, it's a bit biased because half of the audience will say, why would you change something that uh, sure. uh, 
some people engineered, uh, you know, 60, 70 years ago, while yeah. some other people are, oh, that's really amazing that we have access to tools which are accessible, easy to understand in order to re-engineer our classic vehicle and, you know, drive as a supercar that it's built nowadays. Well, that, yeah. that's, that's exactly it. And I, I, I think the way to look at that is possibly... So you know, we take maybe we take Singer Singer Porsche as an example. You know, the the cars um, of that era. You know, the suspension was developed with the the knowledge and the tools that existed in the in the sixties, absolutely, and yeah. the seventies. Yeah. Um, which you know, it, it is it was probably the pinnacle of its time. The fact is, we've come on a hell of a long way since then, and the knowledge base has massively increased. The technology base has massively increased. And they do that very thing. They have their own suspension setup. The car still looks like the original car, yeah. but they have their own interpretation of how they feel the car should drive and ride as a road car. And by all accounts, I haven't driven a singer, but by all accounts, it's an absolute masterpiece. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've got the Franchitti brothers basically throwing them around now and, and yeah. driving them as they would be if they were a new 992 GT3. It's... Yeah, incredible stuff. And of course, this is the software that enables this to happen. Um, we, we aim to empower the whole world from an individual to an OEM with um, easy to use, potentially better tools compared to anything it's, uh, it's out there, uh, but also educating the, the, whole, uh, the whole world. And uh, maybe it's a big statement, but uh, we, we know that uh, our educational platform, it's in our niche area, obviously, is probably the most uh, accessed around the world because every time we Google it, we come the first into the Google searches with zero marketing costs spent. So uh, hopefully we have doing something. Uh, well, I feel like it would be, uh, it'd be interesting because I think someone like yourself, John, would ooh. actually be a fantastic sort of case study, really, yeah. because... You know, you do it. You've done a bunch of track days, and oh, yeah. you know you, you've spent a lot of time in your um, Z uh, Z three, mm -hmm. um, and you know you probably you have some great knowledge of the car. Mm. It would be interesting for somebody like yourself to come in and go. Well, I know a little bit, but where could I? Uh, where could yeah, I go? Absolutely. One yeah. in terms of the the knowledge and actually you know learning about vehicle setup. But also, then you could have. In theory, we, we could take your car. We could take your car, throw it, produce a model, and then that is your car. It's not just a. It's not just an Z three. Yeah, yeah. It's your absolutely. actual car and how it how as as it exists, and you could play around with that until your heart's content. Yeah. I just think that's a really interesting concept. The thing I love the idea of is having a simulator setup. Let's say, yeah, my Z3M as an example, a circuit that I'm fairly familiar with. So let's say Alton, and then for me, you know, and as many people do, as a, a track day enthusiast do, we have cars that we're very proud of, cars that we've built, cars that we've spent a lot of money on, and therefore the sensible ones amongst us are probably driving it eight or nine tenths rather than ten tenths because the one thing we don't want to do is throw the car into the armco or throw the car into another car or send it into the gravel even so having that modeled version of my own car on a circuit where i'm very familiar with like alton on a good simulator setup and knowing that i can now drive the car at ten tenths to see actually what is this car capable of because chances are as i'm not a professional racing driver that car is probably five times more capable than my abilities <laughs> you know in the terms of 
what that car could do, the lap times that that car could do. Um, or maybe I'm underselling myself. Maybe it's not that extreme. But again, having that luxury to be able to, to put the two side by side, test it, see how fast I could actually go around Alton Park versus what I'm actually doing in real life. And then going, oh, maybe I can. Maybe I don't need to do that little lift as I turn into that complex or don't need to dab the brakes quite as aggressively as I'm there. I can just carry more speed through. I think, yeah, it's a it's a really, really fascinating world where whilst we are not officially allowed to time ourselves at track days, it's nice to know that you're getting faster and a bit more consistent. <laughs> yeah. isn't it? You should, uh, you should uh, come and uh, give it uh, a try to one of our partners' facilities to see how a model behaves. Uh, and I think you'd be quite surprised because it's not an immersive model. It's yeah. more like an engineering model. So everything that you've been used from a gaming point of view mm. would be so different. However, that's, that was uh, you know, a very strong point from Miles and Tommy, just as an example, given the, the audience, which didn't like the simulators at all. They yeah. were like, yeah. Raul, we won't, go into a we won't go into a simulator. And now that's their standard. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've just been chewing your chewing your ear off to try and get on a, a sim before my next race. So um, let's see if we can. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. We, we should probably bring this up, actually, shouldn't we? Because at the time that we're recording this podcast, um, so today's date, just to break that fourth wall of illusion, is Saturday, the 3rd of June. Um, a couple of days after this recording, you are, Miles, disappearing to the other side of the world to drive... I mean, am I allowed to say anything here? Yeah. Or is this a secret? Uh, well, it, it, by the time this comes out, it won't be a secret. That's true. That's a very good point. So, yes, uh, in in the real time, the listeners, it's already happened. But right now, from uh, from recording point of view, you're about to fly around to the other side of the world, to Australia, to get into a Praga racing car and race competitively in Australia on a circuit that, correct me if I'm wrong, you've never driven before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm super like <laughs> I'm like super excited, but also super nervous. Yeah. And now, from so when are you flying? Tuesday. Tuesday. So between now, Saturday, and Tuesday, we need to try and find you a simulator so you can at least practice in the car you'll be driving on the circuit you'll be driving. Indeed. Yeah. Um, which Raul's thankfully come up come up with the goods. Ah. So we have a session booked in for Monday, um, and it's for that very reason because I've driven the Praga obviously a lot, so I know the car quite. I know the car quite well. Um, it's a brand new circuit. It's called the Bend in Australia, which Google it now, dear listener, because it is absolutely massive. I'm Googling it. It's such a long, I think it's a two minute, two minute 40, two minute 50 lap. Oh, wow. It's, it's massive. So many corners to remember. Um, so yeah, I literally, as soon as I got the call that I was going out there to do the race. Oh my God. Right. On the Bend Motorsport Park. In Adelaide. It looks like, it's like Bedford Aerodrome on crack. It's massive. It's ma and it's fast as well. Yeah, so, hopefully that would be of benefit to you, Miles. Well, that's and, it. Uh, so I, I straight away called Raul and said, "Look, I, I would, I really would like to get on a sim with not just a sim. I want to get on the sim with your model." Yeah. Um, and and that's what we're going to do. So I'll be driving the direct correlation of the car on the track that I'll be racing, and given that time is you know of a premium. The testing time that I will actually be afforded by the time I get out there will be minimum. Yeah. And it will be mainly me just trying to figure things out, not trying to actually be that quick. So having that advantage of spending some time here in the comfort of a, you know, in the comfort of a room before I even get out there, 
I, it just means that I've I've essentially done the job of possibly a two three day test physical yeah. physical test yeah, before yeah. I've even got there. And how many cups uh, are you competing against in uh, in Australia? Twenty, I think. Okay, so you don't have a big challenge to bring a trophy back. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> you booked an extra no suitcase for the return. Yeah, the of course. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's mad. Uh, uh, and and this is basically an exact exact example of how how I use how I use race software personally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a big challenge. You know, if it was, if, to be honest, even if it was a circuit that I knew very well, we take like the Alton Park example, for example. Uh, for example, um, yeah, Alton Park's my local circuit. Yeah. I live five minutes away from Alton Park, uh, and I know it very well. But we still, we we still found a bunch of time yeah. um, by spending some time on the sim. Amazing. How can we? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way that uh, we can get. Uh, some data analytics for the time that this podcast goes out to actually explore as a brand new circuit yeah brand new for you brand new for the sim to see how it does how close we can get it from a first time we've ever driven the circuit in simulator environment versus first time we've ever driven the circuit in real real world yeah i'd be fascinated to see those well uh, we'll, de- we'll, we'll definitely do that yeah. um only if it makes me look like an absolute hero. Oh, yeah, yeah. If this is the last you hear of it, dear listener, it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've gone, yeah, Mars, um, that first race didn't quite go to plan. So um, we found somebody else. Yeah. And his name's John Marker. <laughs> <laughs> he insists on only driving a BMW from 1999. Yeah, so, so it's that's quite, the only world he knows. It's quite niche. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that would be that would be a really interesting example, yeah. actually. So we'll see, we shall see how that goes. Um, yeah, and more more on that, I'm sure we'll, we will actually have a chat about um, about that uh, uh, season that I'm now suddenly found myself. In. Yeah, like literally absolutely. got the phone call three days yeah. ago. It's a good thing it's so local, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I said. We said. So where 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 are you doing this? Where are you doing this season? It's in Australia. Okay, you're gonna stay out there. No, no, I'm gonna commute it, which sounds bizarre. <laughs> I'm gonna commute between here and Australia. How many races? Five, I think. Five this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we shall see. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I I don't like to jinx anything. No. And. Everything it's on you now because you don't have a, a teammate. Yeah, I can't blame it on my teammate anymore <laughs> oh, because yeah. it's just a single driver. Yeah, yeah. So, so you need to make all of us proud, Miles. Okay. Yeah, ideally. <laughs> <laughs> Flying the don't flag. Don't come back without a trophy. <laughs> if you, if this is the last time you've heard Miles's voice, you know what's happened. He's not one, therefore he's dead to us. <laughs> he is dead. Yeah, no more. He is no more. <laughs> yeah, there's so. I mean, there's so much to there's so much to talk about there, but I I, I just think. I think what you're doing, I think, I think it's very, it's very new. It's quite, re- it's revolutionary. I yeah. would say in that, in that space as well. Um, but I think what I love about it most is that it is genuinely available to everyone from the likes of Joe Bloggs, who is just takes a keen en- interest in his, in his car yeah. um, to literally, uh, you know, a professional race team or a, or a, or an OEM manufacturer uh, who who would benefit from this as well? So yeah, we uh, we try to speak uh, in different languages to to cater for the whole audience. And as as you mentioned uh, about the the hobbyist, we we try to educate uh, uh, people. You know what happens if they slam their car? What happens if they put yeah. spacer on the car? What happens if they put bigger or smaller wheels and how that affects the performance of the vehicle but also the web and theft that it's associated yeah. with yeah. Uh, with it so uh, that's yeah. a great point in fact we had we had that very conversation didn't we on the last on last week's podcast 
um, with with Ben from String Theory, and I posed the question of what happens to a, a, a young enthusiast that has a, maybe a hot hatch or something like that, and he goes and buys some two hundred pound uh, springs and dampers to mm. fit to his car. What it, in theory? What has he done? What has he done to his car? Has he made it better or worse? Probably worst. Yeah, without uh, anyone <laughs> ju- judging me. If, if you drop, you have a, you know, if you if you slam your car down, as mentioned before, you modify. For example, you have tired position, so the amount of bumps you have and the feeling that you are going to have through the steering wheel, it might be horrendous. If you put spacers on the vehicle, you increase the the scrub radius of the ground offset, as it's called, which puts more. Basically, it's a, it's a higher force yeah. away from the tire contact patch, which creates bigger moments in, in the system. And probably you'll find out that your tire, the ball joints on the steering wheel will be wearing uh, much, much faster. So, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, we'll be making a small or a bigger impact across uh, a larger, larger hobbyist audience in order how to think it through you know, even if they don't have all the suspension hard points as a, as an engineer or engineering team, at least they will understand the, the delta, the difference of doing these things like slamming down the car or putting spaces, how it will affect. So they can take a percentage to understand how it will influence in a negative or positive, probably in a negative way. Uh, the way that we are doing the setups. So hopefully we are going to see on the roads cool cars as they look, but also that drive uh, in a pristine way. <laughs> yes, we hope. <laughs> yeah, because it it's, it's, you know, we, we all feel this compulsion, don't we, as young drivers, and we're all guilty of it. We've all wanted to make our cars look a little bit better, but perhaps without thinking, am I ruining it? Yeah. <laughs> and now we have this software to tell us if we are or we're not. And I guess for some people it won't matter. They'll never, the cars will never see a racetrack in their lives. But for those of us wanting a car that looks really good, that also hand, handles well, we now have the ability to test it without spending tens of thousands of pounds getting it wrong exactly that which is something we've all done as well i'm sure yeah well yeah we've all made silly <laughs> mistakes we've all made silly mistakes i had a 205 i had a 205 gti uh many years ago that was done by pug uh, pug one off oh yeah yeah um and it so it was a 205 gti and it had uh a gti 6 engine in it Ooh. with um which is which is a great great little engine um but the car i i, I feel like I was probably like 18, 19 at the time, and I wished I had more knowledge because the car handled terribly, absolutely <laughs> awful. It had this, it had, it was like fast as hell, but as soon as it looked at a corner, it just tried to bite your head off. And I feel like <laughs> having some knowledge of how to make it less deathly would have been very useful at the time. Yeah, definitely. So let's speak to then that, that, that front end user, Joe Public. They've got, because it's become more and more common now, isn't it? You know, impressive driving sims, wheels and pedal sets and, and general kind of simulator setups, they've come down significantly in price now. The ability to go and buy a half-decent computer with a half-decent rig setup. Where do people go? They want to try your software. They want to give it a go. They want to see for themselves how they can develop either a car that they own or perhaps a car that they fant- fantasize about owning. Um, where do we send them? So um, from, a, from a software point of view, if they want to engineer, develop, understand their suspension system, they come on our platform they can take a subscription straight away and they can start building their axle system and start simulating uh, uh, 
straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have a bit of lack of knowledge, we complement that because everything which is in our software, but also which is applicable in the world because it's physics at the end of the day. Of course, uh, yeah. It's catered for it uh, in, uh, in our uh, uh, web platform as well. So Perfect. you can learn and simulate on the go. And now speaking about uh, simulators, um, we don't produce any hardware. So we produce uh, the thing that you don't see on a stick, a yeah. digital twin. Yeah, of course. Uh, so we've been working with uh, different uh, hardware manufacturers, people that build simulators uh, across the, the world. Uh, from a digital twin point of view, we have like an ingredients business, like a tire manufacturer. Yeah. That tire will go on, uh, you know, on all type of different vehicles. Mm-hmm. So that's how we come into place and uh, we are looking to support even um, more of um, SIM companies. That's great. So uh, effectively, if you have a desire to learn more um, about about this very topic or you actually want to physically do some modeling or uh, and I mean, I mean that in the mo- in the least gross way. I mean, modeling in terms of the car, <laughs> race car, modeling. Yeah, race car modeling. Yeah. Um, different podcast the other time that, that's the other one we do yeah the, the, that comes after the nine o'clock watershed <laughs> um, and equally the academy courses that you do as well they got to head over to racesoftware.com uh, uh, now it's actually a race that's software so there is no dot com uh, instead of dot com yeah it's very modern of you yeah, it, yeah just put race that software in uh, your search bar and uh, it will take you straight away to our um, website and uh, yeah from an educational point of view we had that uh, 1.1500 uh, 1, students from across the world wow. in a span of uh, nine weeks obviously this has been achieved with some of the partners that we've been uh, engaging with and uh, they endorse believe in us and we've been working to great success so far fantastic we'll include as well in the show notes if you scroll down wherever you're listening scroll down to the show notes below we'll put the links in there as well and i'm possibly right in saying this raul's been very kind in saying that we're also for a limited time if you are interested and you want to get uh, you want to experience this software we'll set up a a special link with a discount code as well um that will be live for a couple of months or so from when this episode goes live uh, so you can get the software for a, a bit of a discount as well, which is very kind of you. Right? So um, you. basically, uh, it won't be exactly on, on the software because the pricing point is extremely uh, yeah, low sure. as it is. Yeah. Uh, however, for the educational uh, platform for both our courses, uh, we would like to offer to your audience uh, 40% discount. Wow. And uh, actually, in the, in the second course, they actually get... Uh, uh, for one month, the software for free, and they actually are learning how to tune different things on the suspension, hands-on from anti-dive, bump steer, uh, and many others that you'll find uh, on the uh, platform. Amazing, really cool, really cool. So yes, if you are, um, if you're fortunate enough to own your own setup at home, or perhaps you've got something in a work workspace or environment, then um, yeah, check it out. It's awesome stuff. I desperately want to have a play. I, I feel it's a world that I don't know enough about and I feel I should. So, um, yeah. Think about hundreds of pages of books in uh, quite a concise manner and uh, uh, spending uh, time uh, around uh, good technical specialists from the automotive industry with loads of experience. Now, all of it into a web platform where you can study at your own pace and yeah. obviously you can get a diploma at the end. If so, to, uh, so to any students listening... 
literally pencils down, Cheap can- mode. cancel your degree right this minute <laughs> yeah. and, and sign up for race software. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and have fun with it. Yeah. That's the most crucial thing. Obviously, I'm not here to, to compete with the curriculum of uh, any universities. And uh, actually, we've been working with uh, various universities uh, across the, the world and um, working with Formula student teams in other countries and help them to to create uh, success to engineer their um, student vehicles that they've been using to compete with. Uh, Amazing. Um, yeah. Well, I, for one, definitely want to see this in, uh, you know, it more commonplace. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I play, just because I'm a bit boring, I play around with stuff uh, on your platform quite often anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, let, uh, thank you very much, uh, Rolf, for, ha- for coming on and speaking to us. Yeah. And I hope we haven't blown anyone's head off during this conversation. <laughs> um, but, of course, if you do have any questions, please do direct them to, to yourself, Rolf, and you'll yeah. be happy to answer. Yes, 100%. Amazing. Perfect. Well, that just leaves us to say thank you, dear listener, for joining us once again. Uh, whilst you're listening to this, you, Miles, are maybe just back from Australia? Yes. I'm just back from driving around Europe. Yes. We've all been away and had a lovely time the past week or so. Uh, but we may be hearing some stuff from Australia. I say maybe because we don't know. But Well, that's the plan. That's the plan. That is the plan. We're going to try and do a, uh, a cross-continental podcast. Be our first ever podcast from the other side of the world. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. Great stuff. So, yes, thank you for listening. Don't forget, you can see everything that we do at driven.site, another one of those futuristic URLs that we've also claimed. Um, and, yes, all the information about race software, just scroll down. You'll see everything there, including links through to social feeds and other bits of information that you may need to know. For now, we'll say thank you so much for listening. We look forward to bringing you more of the same in around a week's time. And um, drive safe. Can I just add, just to the end? Yes. Well, j- 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 Always at the very, very end of the podcast, literally like the very, very end, John and I always look at each other and we're genuinely not sure how to sign it off. It's always hard because I'm always conscious that I'm definitely forgetting something. Yeah. And on this bombshell. And on this bombshell. <laughs> yeah. So, so if, uh, if, if any listeners are good at that, you know, that kind of thing, please send in some suggestions. Because, uh, I, I, you know, it could be like a ciao for now or see you on the next one. I don't know. Yeah, not sure. Not sure. I, I like uh, so one of our competitor podcasts, although they're friends. Uh, they do like they end their episodes with an obscure fact. Okay. Oh, maybe we um, could I, do that. Well, I'll tell you, no, we can't copy, copy them. But, or uh, maybe, guys, yeah. you can tell to the audience at the end something special about you that nobody else knows. Oh, God. Um, I just made it on the spot, so maybe it's not the best idea. But on this occasion, come on, guys, tell to the audience something about you. We could leave it as a cliffhanger. Yeah. So I've got one. Uh, I was once given approximately 11 days to live. <gasps> what? And I won't say anything more than that. Wow. We'll speak to you again next week. <laughs> uh, uh, right, end it there. <laughs> the Driven Chat Podcast, powered by Paramex Digital. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The 
very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.